Hello and welcome to Under the Skin from Luminary. This week I spoke with Dr. Joe Dispenza. Dr. Joe Dispenza is a doctor of chiropractic and has a BA in science. His training and research includes the fields of neuroscience, neuroplasticity, epigenetics, mind-body medicine and brain-heart coherence. Interesting. All right, so he knows the score. And actually, uh, he was pretty bloody interesting, wasn't he? Yeah, it was good. He was pretty good on forming your reality in from your consciousness all right now that under the skins on apple podcast please leave a review there it helps us and we'll read them all out if you'd like to listen to the rest of this podcast and all my weekly under the skin podcast all you have to do is subscribe to luminary on apple podcast and download the luminary app is it too late to get a special offer should have done something about it when you could have done in this part we talk about the power of placebo i talk about what i, I think i call it maslow but i meant pavlov uh, yeah i meant pavlov i'm Maslow's sorry a pyramid, guys. isn't he yeah I got confused <laughs> got between the dog saliva and the pyramid of needs. Trying to achieve equality with the annihilation of category is not no, a successful that, route. Yes, that's, that's, that's exactly right. We're in this era where it turns out we were never the boss. It doesn't look like an ideology. What's beneath the surface of people we admire, of the ideas that define our time, the history we are told? And welcome to Russell Brand. Under the skin. The, what is the, um, you know, like the, obviously, you know, because I'm referring to some of the, particularly one book you've written, the, 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 the power of placebo in, even in what we must, I suppose, call conventional mainstream science is so steadfastly acknowledged that a placebo is a, a necessary component to any clinical trial to ensure that the results of a new pharmacological invention isn't just because of the body and mind's shared capacity to heal when that suggestion is offered strongly and my understanding and this is i think from sort of maslow or something i think it was huxley talking about maslow so like 20 percent of people highly susceptible to placebos if you tell them get better to take this that 20 percent of people will and 20 percent of people highly suggestible to hypnosis if you tell them this is reality uh, and the, the, in this sort of somewhat anecdotal evidence that I encountered, they offered that there's a sort of a, tw a similarly a 20% of people that are very resistant to placebos and very resistant to hypnosis. And then that middle 60% is where, you know, on a social and political uh, level, propaganda exists to direct and nudge people into the required state. So, from a, I suppose, a more um, medical perspective or biochemical perspective, how whatever lexicon you you deploy, what, uh, how do you describe and understand uh, placebos, and how do you direct and harness this obviously recorded and acknowledged effect? Well, I, it's, it's been an interest of mine because I've always wondered how is it that you could give a person a sugar pill, a, a saline injection, or perform some false surgery or procedure, or sham surgery. And a certain percent of those people, based on their suggestibility, will accept, believe, and surrender to the thought that they're getting the actual substance or treatment and they begin to program their autonomic nervous system to make the exact pharmacy of chemicals equal to the substance that they think they're taking. Now, the first question is, is it the inert substance, the placebo that's doing the healing? 
or is the person healing by thought alone? Now, we've been conditioned and hypnotized into believing that we need something out there in our three-dimensional outer reality, our world, to change our internal state here. And so if a round white pill that has a line down the middle that you've taken many, many times to take away pain, as an example, you take the pill and with a certain amount of time and a certain amount of information that you're being programmed to believe, that pill makes your pain go away. And the moment you notice a change in your internal state, the moment you notice the, the change in your pain levels, you remember what caused it. You pay attention to what caused it and you become more reliant on that for it the next time. So then if you keep doing this over and over again and you take the person doing this and they're conditioning themselves to rely on that outer substance to change their inner state. <laughs> Well, the thought or the anticipation of taking that substance that is, we, 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 we put in a pill that looks just like it, but it's starch or it's sugar, but it looks exactly the same. The anticipation of taking that pill, conditioning based on the past, expectation based on the future, as they expect to have the same effect, their body automatically, just like Pavlov's dog, begins to make the very chemicals it's anticipating, just like when you start to salivate when you're hungry and you see food. It's an autonomic or automatic response. So then let's take it to the next level. Uh, you have an enthusiastic doctor. Uh, you name a substance uh, very difficult for a person to pronounce. Uh, you show them all the pharmacological effects that this particular substance could do and you give them a placebo. And when they get that pill, that pill is a symbol. It represents a new possibility in the quantum field. And they begin to actually imagine, they start to, they start to select a new potential in their future where they could actually exist in a new reality, in a new body. And they, they, they believe it, they surrender to it. And they hold that image in their mind and they're selecting that potential. The, 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 the pill represents a new possibility. Then the person that's optimistic, that's enthusiastic, that's grateful that they're actually getting this substance begins to change their emotional state. And now placebo studies many times, Russell, are not done for three days. They're done for six to eight weeks. So the person then who's in the depression study, who's given the placebo and they're taking that antidepressant placebo every day and they're taking that thought of it working and combining it with the feeling. Now the thought and the feeling, the image of how they could be the brand and the emotion, the stimulus and response begins to condition the body emotionally into a new state of being. And so then, the person in the study for depression, when you see their pre and post brain scans uh, and you see the dramatic changes in their brain, they're making their own pharmacy of antidepressants. The studies on pain, the person is making their own morphine. They've put the, the, the blockers on the receptors to show that the person's making their own pharmacy of pain relievers. You take people with Parkinson's disease and they begin to make 200 times the amount of dopamine by thought alone. Now here's the question. 
If it took six to eight weeks of conditioning for this person to actually change their state of being, the first question is, do you need, do you need the exogenous substance or can you change your state of being Butch by learning a formula of brain and heart coherence and get so good at it that you don't need the placebo, that the same mechanisms that you understand with the placebo, that you could change your state of being every single day. And so then six to eight weeks means that it may take you six to eight weeks to change your depression and change your state of being. And the studies also show that the people who made 200 times the amount of dopamine and had no tremors, no shuffling gait, no problems, the spastic paralysis associated with Parkinson's disease, when they returned back to their normal lives, the majority of those people had all of their symptoms returned because when they saw the same people and they went to the same places and they did the exact same things, their environment was changing their state of being and they returned back to the old self again. So then staying conscious and staying aware to be greater than your environment, to be greater than the emotions and habituations of the body and to not live in the predictable future and the familiar past and be in the present moment and be out of time. That's the work, right? So. So we've, we've actually dissected this and we've actually shown that the person can change their state of being without using any placebo and they can produce the same exact effects. And so the two things that are required that we've learned over the years is that we have to teach people how to regulate and change their brain waves so they can get beyond their analytical mind that says, oh, that's BS or I'm never going to change. Uh, it's too hard. How long is this going to take? You know, the, the critic in our mind that, and that when, when aroused by the hormones of stress becomes over-focused and overly analytical, that a person has to learn how to get out of those brain waves and settle down into an altered brainwave state that tends to be more creative and not just specific brain waves that are measurable, but very organized and coherent brain waves. There's got to be order in the brain and what those synchronizations that take place in the brain, the sinking in the brain causes the brain to link together and the person starts feeling more whole. If they can combine that with brain coherence, with heart coherence, and all of a sudden we see this beautiful dance on our real-time scans of people who actually are in that state of creation, their heart is actually telling their brain it's time to create, it's the creative center. And there's this beautiful dance that goes on between those two centers uh, and the person now is actually feeling like they no longer want the things that they thought they wanted because it feels like they already have them they, the wholeness causes them to move out of lack and separation so we, we've kind of uncovered this kind of formula of brain and heart coherence that uh, once a person's able to regulate and execute their autonomic nervous system remember stress is autonomic dysregulation, the autonomic system moves out of order. But when we start to see these elegant patterns of order that take place uh, with brain and heart coherence, the autonomic nervous system uh, tends to move into regulation, uh, uh, move into more order. And it's what begins to cause the person uh, 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 to move out of those survival states. So we don't need the sugar pill or the saline injection. And there are studies on, on um, placebos, some of them work up to 90%. So there's a range from 10 to uh, over 90%, depending on what the condition is and, and, and uh, uh, the, the, the circumstances. So it's a fascinating concept. And uh, my interest is to teach people how to 
to understand the, the process and use it to their advantage. If you're enjoying this conversation, join me over at Luminary on Apple Podcasts for the rest of our discussion and for all the latest episodes of Under the Skin.